The following podcast is a production of the LAG. Creepy Pete and Chili Cheese J present. All right, so uh, this is just to um, prove to you that I'm not lying about this game that I found. Out. Okay, so there's a bit of weirdness. I should not have felt doubt. What the? Pet Scout, a lame ass gamers network investigation. That's a dead kid. This is just luck that I happen to find this. The fourth video of Petscop's YouTube channel begins with Paul standing in a doorway before he heads east, then north up some stairs leading back up through the cellar door. But this time, we're now viewing it from behind as he ascends back onto the sparse expanses of the new maker plane. He is again seemingly speaking to someone in particular, to whom he made mention of a find he had made apparently while playing Petscop the day before. He ventures to the west briefly until a black object sitting on the grassy surface of the Newmaker plane comes into view. It's hard to tell exactly what this object is as our perspective only allows us to see it from behind, but it's something that points to the north. Paul proceeds to hypothesize the location of this object being in direct relation to one of his experiences in the second Pescott video. So I found this yesterday. So. If you were to imagine what would be exactly below where I'm standing right now, uh, and I worked it out, it's roughly uh, the area where you have the big screen uh, with the windmill. And so I think, so this, this I think is a camera, and if I uh, walk in this direction, this is uh, roughly where the uh, windmill would be. Why there isn't actually a windmill here, I don't know. Uh, it looks sort of like a placeholder for it. Okay, that's it. We begin the fifth episode of Petscop with Paul returning to the dimly lit underground corridor where we saw the strangely shaped salmon-colored object who told us to keep watching the window. Paul explains that he had spent some time asking this object some simple three-word questions. The familiar text box appears to us in its salmon color, prompting us to ask a question. Uh, Alright, so I spent a while with this, just asking as many questions as I could think of. Uh, mostly like short three-word things, uh, and uh, most of the questions that I asked just produced no answer. Or uh, the default answer, the default answer which is, I don't know. Most of them just gave me that, except for four of them. Uh, and I'm going to go through each of those four now. After asking the question, who is Tiara, the object displays just as before in text appearing to be written in crayon and orbiting the object. The text reads, Petscop kid, very smart. Paul then decides to ask it the next question in his queue that he found this object responds to. Uh, next one that I tried, I think. He asked the strange object, Who am I? 
The Quran text drops down from the ceiling below and continues to orbit the object, reading, Newmaker. Paul is Newmaker? Paul then proceeds to ask it, Where am I? The mysterious object responds with, Under the Newmaker plane. The first time we have seen a name for the strange overworld above. Immediately after answering this question, the object appears to glitch of some sort. It changes rapidly in color from its normal salmon-like color to a bright purple, almost illuminating the screen. Uh, I don't know why that just happened. I don't know why that just changed color out of nowhere. Now the text box is also a bright purple, and Paul asks it, Who are you? We await in anticipation, however, there is no answer from the object this time. Paul is clearly confused and is puzzled by this phenomenon. I think it broke. The object does finally respond after several moments go by and reads, Turn off PlayStation in floating purple crayon text. Or, uh... Okay. So that's not... That's not what it said before when I put in that question. Did not look anything like that. It's interesting. Paul, who is very confused at this point, tries asking the object, why? Seemingly concerned, but convinced the game is not broken, we wait again in anticipation. The object is not replying as fast as it once did. Finally, we can see an ominous message float across our screen that reads, Marvin picks up Tool. Hurts me when PlayStation on. What the fuck? Uh, this fucking game. <laughs> this game. As he brings up the text box, the object switches back without warning as it had when it first changed. Um, well, uh, and it switched back again. I th think it just... Um, so if I if I put in what was it? If I put in who are you again, is that gonna Paul proceeds to ask the object, who are you again, to see if it replies in the same response as last time. This time it does, and we see the name of this object is Tool. Yeah, so that's what it said originally when I put it in. Oh well okay, that's bizarre. Um so I guess I'm gonna wait for that to happen again. Uh, but I guess I'm gonna end the video now, though. Uh... When Paul stops recording, the screen goes black for not even a second before returning to Paul's sprite, standing with the tool again. This time, there is no audible sound coming from Paul's mic that would usually be picking up room noise. This time, just dead silence. Then, the text box appears again, only this time the cursor is moving very deliberately. Whoever is in control simply asks, Do you remember being born? The answer? I'm not Tiara. And the episode comes to an end. We begin episode 6 with the view of the windmill and the crashing booms it makes to seemingly grab the attention of Paul. The screen displays two hours, 39 minutes later, 
Paul has seemingly been watching this windmill for quite some time now. We see a shadow silhouette walking from the left of the screen. This shadowed figure appears to have an avatar just like Paul, but like in the quitter's room, the head appears to be different based on the shape. The figure walks into the windmill, and we see the direction of the windmill is now rotating counterclockwise just as it entered. The shadowed figure leaves the windmill and appears to approach the lens we're looking through. He gets close, however, he still is a silhouette. The shadowed figure then turns the camera around, and our view now changes to the barren scape of the new maker plane. The figure walks in front of the camera, and a strange screen appears, bright purple, with what looks like a disc or some circle with a hole in it is displayed for a few moments. When we return, the figure is spawning in blocks, the ones a child would play with, each displaying a letter. One by one, the figure spells out, where is my house? He then spawns in a few textures resembling his house. We see his house appears to be green. We have seen a greenhouse before, a picture of one, along with the windmill underground. As the figure is reorganizing the letters, he is clearly glitching the game. Random things spawn in and out, along with them, a pet spawns in. This one appearing to be a red bird with a broken leg. The figure spells out, where is the school, once again spawning in a few textures to show what it looks like. It looks just like the brick building shown in the pictures we saw underground hanging. These pictures all appeared to be in the new maker plane, but we have yet to see them. The figure spells out, I will follow, before turning the camera back towards the windmill. The screen displays another strange time lapse. One hour, 24 minutes later. The windmill is now rotating in its normal clockwise position. The windmill dongs again, and we see that it just vanishes in a split second. The screen then cuts to Paul walking up to the new maker plane. Paul is explaining he was not present during the recording, and hence explaining the time lapses. He also explains looking back on the footage he discovered the windmill changed directions, and it was this that prompted him to look further into his footage. Paul returns up to the new maker plane and discovers the camera is now red. It is also at a shorter height, aligning with Paul's. Paul explains that he has seen this before but never knew why, and now it kind of makes sense to him. He walks behind it and is surprised to discover the shadowed figure's blocks and the pet we have seen are still there. He proceeds to approach the pet and capture it. Paul opens up his pet menu and finds the new pet. His name is Toneth, who we first saw in a painting in Evencare, and in his description reads, Enter a description here. A bird. I think I forgot what birds look like. Funny stupid blob monster, says Mike. That's what it is. Painter. Painting puzzle. Catch Randis first? Has broken leg for some reason. I already hung him on a wall. Too late to take him back. It makes me think about the dog, actually. Because when the car hit him, I thought, at least it will be over soon. He survived it, and I was the only one who still wanted to put him down. When that dog wags its tail and it appears to be happy, it's not real. 
I guess that's Toneth then. Toneth, 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 Toneth. Toneth, Toneth, Toneth. The end. It's yucky outside. Paul is clearly very confused by the strange and glitchy description. While he continues to go back and forth in the menu screen of the game, he suddenly discovers a submenu in which the uncaptured pets appear to be the girl and her different features we've come to know as A, B, and NLM. This is, this is new to me. Yeah, so I, I tried going down here before, but I think actually that was before I even put in the code. So I just discovered this, just now. But you know what, I think actually this, I think I know what this is, this is our uh, ABNLM. You know, you recognize the, the shape of this one. So I don't know what this is here though. Discovering a lot of interesting things. Paul, clearly intrigued by the fact that since wandering the new maker plane, even the captured pet portion of the menu screen now has more to offer including the mysterious fourth entry on this newly discovered screen featuring the three care sprites. Petscop's pause screen also features a new dialogue in its upper right corner, almost cryptically stating, Have you found anything weird lately? There is much to find in this place. Paul does not acknowledge this text, but it's impossible not to ignore it as we see it. There is also a new menu option, titled baby names, in which Paul explains it is new and it does nothing when selected. He believes at one point you could name your pets. Paul then exits and approaches the plateau where the windmill once stood. The screen skips to Paul approaching Tool and asking another question. He asks, where is my house? Tool ominously responds, you'll never go home. Interested and in seemingly making progress, he asks the figure's second question, Where is the school? Tool's familiar crayon text bounces around the screen, reading, You can't go back in time. The screen abruptly cuts to Paul standing in front of Mike's grave and the shed we had explored before. This game is trying very hard to make it seem like, like there's an entity in it. Like a, a ghost or an AI trying to communicate with me. It's interesting, but you know, the way you know that there's a ghost in a game trying to communicate with you is if it comes out, if it stops being distant and it comes out and you can have a, you know, a real time back and forth with it and it stops being so one way. Like I leave my PlayStation and it comes out and uh, does this whole pre-recorded thing. Cause it's very interesting, this game. Uh, because you can walk around and something will just happen, you know? Because I created a new file, and uh, I tried to be scientific about it. I went I went uh, and did all the same things that I did this time, and uh, the same things did not happen. Uh, none of the things happened. None of the oddities occurred. Like the thing in the mirror room, for example. So there's a bit of randomness in it, and it's interesting how it doesn't seem to really care if you see everything, I guess. Yeah, so it's interesting. As Petscop 7 begins, we find ourselves back in the quitter's room with Paul checking things out before we hear him seemingly shuffling through notes he's taken. Forty seconds into this, we suddenly hear music beginning to play. 
It startles Paul, and he tosses the notes aside and walks towards the middle of the mirrored room. Something's Just seconds after the music stops, the sprite appears. Oh, hi there. Everything returns to normal as the sprite on the other side mimics his movements once again. Before he leaves, he chucks the note on the wall next to the clock that stated, Do you remember being born? in reverse text. But now it features an additional message. Seemingly edited onto the note in the strange neon pink writing the object in the room with the view of the windmill displayed. The new message is also written backwards, stating, Come here. The video cuts to Paul returning to the room the object resides in. As he approaches the object, it is pink once again and already displaying text. The closer he gets, the text eerily reads, I love you, new maker. Please show Marvin where his house is. Paul attempts to ask the pink object, who are you? But its response is, go there, and he'll follow you. His daughter is there. Paul then asks the question on the note in the quitter's room. Remember being born? The response is, also wants 1,000 pieces for... Machine Beyond School Basement Stairway. At this point, the object reverts back to its original color, and the video cuts to Paul going back to the child library. He attempts to put in one of the pets he has caught, but is prompted with a buzzing sound and a message saying, Child Library only accepts people. It then cuts to him inputting a new face onto the easel. While in the room it creates, Paul explains to us what he is attempting. If you're wondering what I'm doing here, this is Mike's face, but without the eyebrows. Um, and why am I doing that? Well, because eyebrows seem to be important. And that's really it. Uh, nothing seems to have actually... It seems like it's just re one just regular room, right? Paul creates Care's face with eyebrows, and the room generated in doing so... Paul freezes, as we're shown something that is censored by a black box on the table this time. 20 seconds of silence. Paul's sprite facing the table. The video strangely zoomed in on this scene. It then jump cuts to Paul on the other side of the room, now explaining the face he used to get here, and acknowledges the censored object on the table. And every time he approaches the table, the video zooms in on the unknown object that is clearly bothering Paul. So this is Care with Eyebrows. I can't tell if it recognized it or not, because everything looks like any other room. Except it puts this here. Except it puts this. 
I don't know, maybe that's just something that it puts in any room. The video ends with a black screen with text meant for us, the viewer, for the first time. Clearly not put here by Paul himself, who up until this moment we thought was the one responsible for uploading these videos. The message states, We've had to cover something with a black box. Right now, we can't say why. Some other things we're expecting to censor in the future. A big present with a sticker on it. Something on a wall in a black house. And lastly, written on a chalkboard. The end of Petscop 7 leads us with a cornucopia of unanswered questions. And with that, we are through the narrative portions of Petscop's 4 through 7? Yeah, 4 through 7. Okay. We were going to do 8, but we're going to save that one for the next one. Yeah, we decided we would end it here because this is a perfect place for us to kick off this discussion with the fact that it ends with a very cryptic message uh, directed at the viewers saying that they had to censor that item that Paul was clearly disturbed by. And... um, we just discovered something new as we were getting ready for this that neither of us had ever noticed before. So we were going to talk about that fact that all of a sudden now it seems like Paul is not the one presenting these videos to us. Which when they were first, the first four, was it the first four that was put on that Reddit post or the first three? The first, first four, four, yeah, first four. And we can tell by the time episode five, six, and seven are here, they're more heavily edited than the first four and and so we're kind of now in in this under this idea that someone else other than paul is putting this content out there for us to see and that's kind of now made prevalent with that message about we've had to cover something with a black box so the one of the theories behind that is um the fan name behind these people is the the proprietors that i'll just read through this real fast the proprietors are the current in-story owners of the petscop channel while their existence may have been previously hinted at by the first two versions of the about page censorship and petscop 5's description which this is the description in petscop 5. hello folks i guess this is for all of you now so that's kind of saying the first as Paul was making the first four episodes, they weren't meant to be public, which is why he's obviously talking to someone very specific in those videos. And so now apparently that that's public, I guess, I, I guess that's supposed to be Paul saying, hello, folks, I guess this is for all of you now. And then he uh, goes on to talk about all the questions he asked to the tool and or the following other questions where the response was, I don't know. And it's just saying, care, Mike, Michael, who is care? Who's care? Who is Mike? Who's Mike? And goes on and on and on. And he, he gets obviously gets frustrated at some point and then just said, this says, ba, 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 ba. And then just <laughs> exclamation point, question mark, and then two question marks. And uh, one of the theories on the progress document is the proprietors may have taken over the channel sometime between Petscop 4 and 5, which is kind of what we just discussed. The channel was probably private before then, and Petscop's 5 description uses the words we, as well as the phrases, I guess this is for all of you now, which indicates that a change may have occurred. And that's all we can talk there, because that we get into episodes post uh, seven, which is where we're leaving off. No spoilers, which is why last Petscop discussion was impossible to do, and we just shot the shit for two hours while I got drunk. <laughs> Incredibly challenging. And I guess we can. I mean, we, should we talk about Paul's friend, the guy he's talking to? We didn't really bring him up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
According to the proprietors, Paul started making his video... Well, can we actually... Is that... Well, let's just say... In Petscop 2, Paul mentions that his friend will be coming home next month. And will be helping to explore and figure out the game. The description of Petscop 5 says, We asked this... Wait, we asked this one after the video ended. We were able to ask two questions, implying that Paul might, might already be with them at this point. Alternatively, he could be also collaborating with them online or by phone. Or this message has been co-written by the channel's current proprietors. So that gets into the, the parts of the first episode, the first podcast that we didn't really get to talk about because it was just... We would end up giving We'd things away that we wanted, didn't yeah. want to yet. So those are the theories behind, and over time, the the channels, um, and it's hard to follow because it's changed so much, and I would have to go and find the images of the changes in the description and all of that. But over time, it's kind of morphed into different things, and even this year, they were still changing the about description of the Petscop channel and all this stuff. So Profile picture. That's something, yeah, it's something yeah. we like still are keeping an eye on to this day as this thing keeps going. Um, so that kind of, that, that, you know, gives us, uh, how that video kind of ended and where things are kind of left off in Petscop 7, as we said in the narration, a cornucopia of questions are now, uh, presented to us because and the that rabbit only, hole has been entered. Yeah. And that only ramps up the more, the further you get into it, there's more and more questions that just keep yeah. getting dropped on you. Petscop 7 was hard enough. To like put into words, I can't, you scripted out Petscop Six, which I'm sure was even harder because Marvin or the Shadow Monster Man. <laughs> even though we already, I mean, if we've, I was saying we well, discovered we his sprite yet, though. No, have we? yeah, we haven't actually seen we the sprite. Yeah, because we were going to cover eight, then that would have been beneficial if we had covered eight. Spoilers, goddammit. <laughs> it's, it's just a little spoiler alert. Yeah, just a little spoiler. Shadow Man. I do have an idea of maybe we might do an in between thing with just episode eight. I haven't decided completely on that yet, but like a little mini pet Scott pod. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Because I, I got, I think that. the it's next one might deal. take us longer to make because pet Scott nine. It's a big deal. Woo. Yeah, there's there's a <laughs> lot of shit going on in that one. So I mean, we get to yeah. eleven and you know a half an hour of content to cover. Uh, pet Scott five obviously focuses on the tool. Um, let me see here. Let me get to the as we called it the salmon tool. On the, <laughs> the salmon tool progress i'm just gonna call it progress document because it amuses me that that's what they say in canada i did not even know that was a thing yeah yep uh so red tool is a large object or possibly an entity discovered by paul under the new maker plane the exact nature of the tool red tool shape as well as all of the other tools is pretty unclear but yeah i mean for me i you know being a musician i see a piano tuner which oh shit what the hell did i just do which going forward is going to make sense to me I agree. Music, is, as we see in the in these series of videos we're covering, music is becoming a thing now. I think it was when it first aired. Somebody shared to the Pet Scott subreddit these special crayons for kids. I forgot the reason why kids would need these crayons, but these crayons looked exactly like Tool. They had the really? same shape. Yeah, I don't know if you ever saw them. They they gave a description. It was for kids who had some kind of need where these crayons were the same shape as Tool. They had two bulbs, like an hourglass shape and then a pointed end, um, which I thought made a lot of sense for a while because all the Tool stuff is written in crayon. 
Mm. But I definitely agree. I, th- I think it's more geared towards the piano tuner after yeah. looking at it. Uh, the answers provided by Red Tool share traits with automated responses, which the difference between the the crayonish text of the Red Tool and that bright neon just d- of the pink tool that just doesn't look like it belongs there. No, when not when at it all. turns pink, it's just like that's that's not that's like not what was made in the game. It yeah, just, it, it's clearly it's, a glitch of yeah. some kind. It's meant to. Because it, like, illuminates the whole screen. As soon as it switches, I mean, that's all you see. That thing stands out like yeah. no other. And especially with the, the come here written on the do you remember being born sign in the quarters room later on. But uh, the, the one thing about the red tool still, I mean, it still gives them pretty cryptic answers. Like uh, in Petscop 5, when he's asking about Tiara, and it responds, Petscop kid very smart excuse what? me yeah <laughs> <laughs> like you can imagine being paul playing the game and it says that and you're just like um no what do i do with this information <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's it's well should we talk about my audio find at this point since we are talking about the tools yeah why not since this is, it's at that point yeah. where tool first speaks right yeah yeah when when tool when red tool first turns to pink tool and takes so long to respond to Paul, uh, as we dig deep into this as well, as I'm sure if when you listen to the narration portion and the clips of Paul, I am heavily editing these to take out all the background noise, make it sound clear as day. And in doing so I'm amplifying things. And I noticed in the waveform, there was like a little oval. It wasn't the pitter patter of Paul's feet in enhancing the audio you know, I'm experienced with editing audio. It's my job in real life, or as we call, as we say, normie, Norm, normies. normie lives, pleb life. I saw a little oval of noise that takes place right before Tool's first response, Pink Tool's first response, and it's the only time it happens. But there is an audible, ominous noise. It's like a. We'll put it here. Note to Jason: put that sound on loop right here. Okay, you've just heard it. <laughs> and um, it is clearly in the video. I mean, I can I could visually see it in the wave file. But uh, you said you tried to listen to it on the normal video and you could barely it's make it out there. Extremely faint. The only reason I was able to faintly hear it was because I was listening mm. for it. After you had sent the amplified version to me and I listened to it, I went to that spot. And it's super discreet almost like it was turned down intentionally but it's like it's a very it's not an evil noise but it's dark it's like it's it's ominous it's not an inviting tone that just slightly rings out right before uh pink tool responds for the first time so i don't know if anyone has discovered that yet again now that i have discovered something like that i am going to be looking for more things like that (laughs) Which there is another one we'll get to. Well, that was during Tool as well. Was it? Yeah. Because that was when Tool first says Marvin. And you, that's when you hear, I could hear Paul muttering something. So I was like, well, let's try to figure out what he said. 
So I did the noise removal, which kind of makes it sound a little warbly a little because patchy, yeah, yeah, because I have to turn it up so loud too after that. But when I listened to it back for the first time, I was freaked out because it sounds like he's saying kill something Marvin. Again, it's probably I, I'm convinced it's still just he's muttering something, talking under his breath. But and I'll put this audio here now. Okay, <laughs> now you've heard it. Um, you thought it said more than just kill Marvin. I just thought I hear kill Marvin. I you thought it was like kills something Marvin or it's definitely something with like four syllables in it after you had sent me your modified track i plugged it into mine and i like did some minor eq with it i did a slide amplification and it did the same thing that you had he mutters it so quickly yeah. and so quietly. and he's like whispering it out too. yeah the first word is really hard for me to decipher i can definitely hear kill but it almost sounds like that's I hear a hard K. Yeah. I definitely hear a hard K in there. I, I wasn't able to confirm exactly what he was saying, but I'm 95% certain whatever he said ends with Marvin. Whether it was something along the lines of like, who's Marvin? And maybe. Or like, he had there's a Marvin, maybe. Yeah, maybe he had like some kind of guttural thing with his muttering. Because he does mention, like, now I think we know who Marvin is at some point after that. But it's just, it was weird, because as I was describing it to Creepy Pete earlier, um, it sounds like if you've ever watched Ghost Adventures or Ghost Hunters or any of those, like they make the EVPs, where they're recording with a digital recorder and they listen to it back and they can hear voices from beyond. And it's it sounds like one yeah, of those. That's exactly how yeah. I felt. You yeah. had sent that to me one day at like, I think 11 o'clock at night, and Jess was in bed, or I'm sorry, Sadistic Sally, not that it fucking matters at this point, <laughs> but... Uh, Fucking, I'm like sitting birthday on my shout couch. Out. Yeah, birthday shout out to the birthday ghoul. Uh, I was sitting on my couch. It, my entire apartment is pitch black. I didn't even have the TV on. I was just on my phone. And I started, I had earphones in. I was, started playing it and I was reworking it. And I opened up my laptop and I I, I literally felt, yeah, like I was listening to an EVP. I'm yeah. like, what did we just. It was enough that it made me pay attention to it. That's for sure. Oh yeah, it's no, it's a good three, four seconds of audio. Yeah. that's just right there. But yeah, we'll just we'll we'll end that whole thing with saying that the main thing is the noise before Pink Tool responds for the first time. It's there. It's real. It's fucked up. And you can hear it in the yeah. video. It it's almost inaudible. It is so incredibly faint. If you're not looking for it, you wouldn't hear it. But if you don't want to go through all the work that. Uh, Chili Cheese Jay had done. We're, we had we played it the noise earlier. There. Yeah, but we're rambling at this juncture because now we're drinking, <laughs> yeah. and I've had a few shots of the old whiskey. So we've had uh, all the Pink Tool stuff. Um, clearly, it's fucked up when he the the responses in Petscop Five when he says turn off PlayStation or when it says turn off PlayStation. Why? Marvin picks Tool up and hurts me when PlayStation is on. That's just bizarre. And that will also come into play later on in Petscop videos about the PlayStation being on. I think you picked up the one I put down that I couldn't open. <laughs> so we have 
the which we have had the mention of the Shadow Monster Man in previous Petscop episodes. I'm not going to look to see which one specifically. But um, Petscop 6 begins with uh, the shadowy figure coming out from behind the windmill. Which, no, he doesn't. He goes into the windmill first. And it changes direction. Changes direction. Because yeah, that's how Paul discovered where it was. Because he just left it on record and thought, well, fuck it, I'm just going to leave it for like, I think it adds up to like three hours and some odd minutes. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was going through the footage and I noticed that the windmill was different directions like halfway through. And he could have totally missed that. That just happened by chance. That to me is crazy, you yeah. know? Are we using that audio in this episode when he's talking about that? I don't remember. I believe, I don't know because I think I scripted that out. We are um, really loud on that file. Yeah, I don't think we're clipping though, are we? I hope not. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt that. Uh, but, okay, so the Shadow Monster Man comes out, walks up to what we now know is the camera or whatever is projecting the view to the room with the tool which that whole room with the tool and the look of whatever it is the screen i get i don't know periscoping it down i have no idea we've really still got no explanation of that room no other than these two things are there there is the drawings of the blue tool on the way in to see the red and pink tool and everything's down there. There's really not a whole lot of explanation on the whole area itself. No. I mean, it's underneath the new maker plane. Which we do we do say how he hypothesizes how the camera does correlate to that room. Right. Like he thinks it is under like one is under the like one is the windmill is above the tool room. He's basically stating more or less. So that would be like a periscope situation, I guess. I don't know. That's how I think of it. Yeah. yeah. It's just crazy to me that, yeah, like you said, that whole, like, area. It, there's the room that Tool's in. Then you also have Mike's grave, the shed, the quitter's room. Like, all of that We need it mapped out. stuff. We need it mapped underneath. out somehow. Yeah. Like, Bayside High and <laughs> Saved by the Bell. <laughs> it's like, like when you walk, you're like, he's, you're walk, like, and we're getting jump cuts constantly now. All the time. Since yeah. the quote-unquote proprietors took over yeah. editing. So it's hard yeah. to tell, like, he's going from here to there. I mean, there's no continuity to his travels anymore, really. And it would be nice to, like, have an overview map. Whoever made this game should have done, like, a Final Fantasy where you could have a little map in the <laughs> Included there. with fast travel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fast travel to Marvin's house. Yeah. That would make Petscop suck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's essentially fast traveling back and forth. <laughs> it's not far off with the editing done. Death claws show cut. up. Yeah, death claws. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay, so Marvin comes towards this camera, whatever it is. We're just gonna say camera. Turns the fucker around on us. Which I remember the first time that I watched this video, I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, something's That's going on. Up. Yeah. And as he starts meandering about, we get a screen, which to me looks like a loading screen. That's just how I always saw it. It looks like a disc. Yeah, in the progressive well, document, somebody calls it a, um, apparently it 
allegedly, like if this is true, I'm not 100% accurate with this because I never owned a PlayStation 1. Um, apparently that's some kind of like error message that can happen or they think can happen with a PlayStation 1. When I first viewed that, I was under the impression that that was the game's way of editing, like Marvin, like looking through the the viewfinder, like almost like he's looking directly at you. Yeah, he's like he's in control of the game now. Yeah, I took it literally, like I thought it was an eyeball, like a rendered eyeball looking at me, and I, I don't necessarily fully believe that anymore after reading through the progressive document. I think it makes more sense than what it, we've seen. Yeah, I think it makes more sense as an error message of like you said, Marvin, just kind of taking the game over and. Like what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Like where's my house? It's like where's loading like like a maybe. See, I don't want to say that because of what happens later on. Fuck. <laughs> but it would make so much sense if I said this. I can't. I, can't I mean, say we've it. already got one spoiler. It. alert. I can't say because it's like it's it spoils. Like the next six episodes. 15. Yeah. Oh, fifteen. Okay, so that's yeah, that's pretty current. As current, and it's not yeah. something that we want to spoil right now because that's a huge fucking spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a huge spoiler in fifteen. Don't if you if you're just, if you're following Petscop with us, don't go that far ahead yet. We're getting there slowly but surely. Yeah. We'll get there. Stick with us, folks. Oh, but that'll be a big one. Once you're able to drop that one, that's gonna 15, be fun. Fifteen puts it right in your yeah. face. Fourteen and fifteen are both like game changers in my opinion oh yeah and we got them with and we're just gonna like people other. are gonna want to watch them now because we're yeah. saying that. <laughs> yeah. but again leaving us with more questions that's the thing about petscop even as we are today more questions than we had previously yeah we still don't very know. few things have been answered which is why doing this discussion part of the podcast is so difficult because we're still questioning things and it's hard to just present what is in the videos? Because we've already done that. We did. We've done that with the narrative portion. When discussing the stuff, the, it's theory. Yeah, we want to touch on key points, things yeah. of interest. Yeah, which we're, it, we're, it's we're trying all to get speculative. We've been talking about this Marvin sequence for like fifteen. Minutes. <laughs> yeah, can't get through it because we keep bringing it different places. But you can't not do that with Petscop. Yeah, Petscop can go in like twelve different ways at any given point. Yeah, especially now. And they all make sense, too. They all add up. And it's like, well, fuck, man. Like, what? I don't know what to believe at this point. Okay. So Marvin comes out in front of the camera after this whole loading screen happens and starts spelling things out in children's letter boxes. Yeah. Blocks. Childhood blocks. blocks. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And oh, let me get it back up here. Even though we've already heard the narrative, but we'll just run through it again. Yes, like, where is my house? Where is my house? Yeah. Where is the school? I will follow. And that's all we get. But at the same time, we're getting bizarre drops of rakes and just random normie objects. And then all of a sudden, Toneth, boom, Toneth just appears. Just drops in. Yeah. The one, the one, no, one of two pets that we know of that Paul did not catch as of now, which is Toneth and Ronith. We've seen Ronith, but he couldn't catch Ronith just yeah. yet. Ronith was the one in even care that was rising up and just avoiding Paul. Toneth we haven't actually seen as a sprite. We've only seen Toneth in the painting with him and Randis in even care. So now all of a sudden 
Toneth is there, so that's got to mean something. Yeah. What it means, don't know. He also spawns in, like you said, like really weird normie objects, just textures that shouldn't belong. Like there's a rake that appears when he's spawning in his house. I, I don't know if any of those have significance. I Part of me wants to immediately discredit it and just be like, oh, it's just like the game glitching out, making it seem that way. But another part of me is like, oh, you know, like what if there's something in there that might make sense? It might be it might be objects from it might be objects from his house. Yeah, and that yeah, that's entirely plausible. You'd have a rake in your house, yeah. like we've seen a shed. So, at this point, okay, so we'll just go with the progress document. It says in red, which red means theory in the progress document. While these messages are created, the character makes multiple misspellings, which is humorous, and spawns multiple game objects, including Toneth. The questions asked suggest that this character is lost in the New Maker plane and perhaps intends to follow Paul in the hopes of finding his way back home. As of Petscop 7, it is implied that the character is Marvin and that he has a daughter. And then we can do a flashback to Petscop 2 when... Paul is meandering through the catacombs of some random underground building in the Newmaker plane that we see the um, furnace in and all that, and where he finds the office with the ringing phone. All the we find the paintings on the wall, which yep. one is of a greenhouse, and what is what seemingly looks like a brick school. So we've possibly already seen both of these. But this shadow monster man is now communicating with Paul or the player asking help find these things, which in we get to Petscop seven and he when he returns back to tool, the pink tool is like already there in pink after we after he's messing around in the. Quitter's room when the Stravinsky's, what is it? The sonnet? No, it's a sextet. Sextet. It's okay. it, It's a. It's it's a. It's a symphony that is played out when the the girl that's on the mirrored side disappears. When Paul is shuffling his papers, and all of a sudden this starts playing, and Paul's like, "I just got chills." Seriously. Oh yeah, he's thinking just, about you it. Hear him throw his notes <laughs> he's across. Like, and he's like, something's yeah. happening. Yeah, and he like runs towards the the mirrored side of the room and shit. And um, again, this is what I was talking about when I was saying now music is becoming a part of Petscop as well because that fucking means something. Yeah, and they reference it throughout. From this point on, they reference it pretty frequently throughout yeah. the other episodes as well. And so when he sees the "come here" message on the dude being born in the pink. Apparently he uh, that just leads him right to the pink tool again. It's edited that way. We don't know what happened in between. The proprietors have just shown us that he sees the the come here message and the it cuts to him going back to pink tool, which is now rotating the message about uh show Marvin where his house is and yeah, shit. Yeah, it's like I love you new maker. Yeah. Show Marvin where his house is. Something about yeah. the school and his daughter will be there and stuff and bring a thousand pieces to the machine, which we still e- even at the later points, I don't think we've ever actually seen the machine. There's like speculative we, stuff that Yeah, thinks, there's speculation yeah. that we can't get into yet. But I think the um 
we now know what those items that he or is has been collecting randomly have are now. Those are the do. pieces yeah. that he needs one thousand of to do whatever with the machine. Because that's something you know we don't even think about at this point. He's still just picking up these random little objects lying around on the ground, and yeah, because it's a game. You yeah. know, you're thinking like, oh, you collect rings and Sonic coins in Mario. That's just like and, a staple. You, we don't even that doesn't even yeah. cross our mind up until this point. And this is the first time Pink Tool is like giving him an objective. Now it's like you need to he have one thousand of those yeah. to do whatever for. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah, is so for, we, yeah. They never specify. <laughs> it's probably something not good if he uses the machine for children, but you know, we we don't know. Yeah, it's eyebrow plucking machine. <laughs> oh god, fucking eyebrows. Which I guess that's where we're going to next. Let me take a, a vape. I'll never forget. There's, I think when I was first going through Pet Scott. I'd sent you a text, and I don't know if we touched on this on the last episode. I feel like we might have. It was in one of, I think it was in our chill cast. You where, probably, where we were with Spencer yeah. and talking about how Spencer introduced me to it, but then I go showing you the document, and you texted me later saying, "Yeah, I never I'm obsessed with eyebrows." All yeah. of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, I never would have thought I'd be concerned with a kid's eyebrows at like one in the fucking morning or something like that. And that's where we start to. I mean, that it's that starts with the the text that Paul first finds written in one of the generated rooms in Petscop 4? Is that 4 or 3? I think it's, it's three. 3. Yeah, yeah four it's is in this podcast. 4 is pretty short. Yeah. Because yeah. that was on the last podcast when he gets the message about With she's not windmill. growing eyebrows or something. Yeah. And... Is that the windmill girl's room or is that Care's room? No, that's the windmill girl's room. Right? I don't remember. Yeah, people on Reddit are probably. I'm so I'm so just thinking right about now. four through seven right now that I would have to go back and look, and I'm just dead. It's eleven eleven. Make a wish. <laughs> Make a wish <laughs> for Pet Scott sixteen. <laughs> Yo, I'm glad we were on the same page with that. <laughs> if it happens, holy shit. So in Pet Scott seven, uh, do. That mostly focuses on him going back to the child library, doesn't it? Yeah, and like him being prompted, this is only for people, or only for kids, something yeah. like that. Hold on, let me go back here and look. <coughs> I've got so many screenshot cases. Pet Scop 7. Stravinsky's septet plays in Quitter's room. Pink Tool asks for Paul, which has come here. Okay, and then now... He goes back to the child library, which is another f- jump cut. Like, all of a sudden, he's just, like, back at that area. And um, he goes back, and he it gives him... He tries to uh, the shoot the spelled S-H-S-C-H-U-T-E, shoot. A little drop box. That you're supposed to put... You would think the pets that he's caught in, but when he tries to do that... The, it says child library only accepts people. That's a fucking red flag. Huge red flag. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at that point, he explains how he is creating a room based around care. Well, first he first he does Mike without eyebrows. 
Does he? <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's I'm looking at the progress document and it just says care with Mike's eyebrows room. Either way, he does it yeah, beforehand. Yeah, so he would do. Yeah, because on the grave, Mike didn't have eyebrows, right? Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. really give too much away. In no, there. it does. Yeah, but um, at that point, he puts in onto the easel the care face with Mike's eyebrows, and it generates a room to where we ju- we see him in it. It just cuts right to him in it, and he walks up to the table. And the camera jump zooms right to him, Paul Sprite, looking right at the table. And there's a, just a giant black box that's clearly not a part of the game. It's been superimposed onto it. And there's, as I timed it out, I think it was 21 seconds to where it's just dead silence. He watching the Sprite. Look at it. Yeah. Just caught off guard, just yeah. froze. And we never see his response at that moment to it, because it jump cuts again, zoomed back out into the room, and he's like on the other side of the room, and it's him talking about how he was putting Kara's uh, face in with eyebrows, with Mike's eyebrows. And then he kind of just starts rambling about how this object is there. I guess it just could be there I mean, he's a very confused why the object is there and he's trying to justify why it's there yeah clearly he has no clearly confused by yeah. this which means it probably means something to paul yeah it was probably meant for him to see yeah because r- immediately after he finds another censored object and he's no no this that that's when the video ends with the jump right to the black screen oh, okay, with saying okay. we have to censor this shit which is how we started this discussion yeah okay i'm We're just going full then. circle yeah, here yeah I, i'm getting yeah. way ahead i'm getting into episode eight then no, you're getting into episode nine. Am I really getting in that far? Okay, yeah, okay. We'll save that one for later, yeah. Because his, his reaction to it is probably one of my favorite moments in Petscop, and I can't, I can't wait to cover that. And the way it just jumps from him almost seemingly speechless, trying to explain what, why that's there, and then it just jumps right to that screen saying... We've had to censor a few items here, and we read all that out in the narrative portion of the episode. And it's just one of the it's it's that moment when you kind of start to realize there's something really fucking strange going on with these videos. Yeah, we were already like confused and intrigued and stuff, but this only just ramps up. The intrigue of Petscop completely cements it because you start to, at least I started to when I was going through it. I'm like, okay, I feel like there are things in this game that are directed specifically towards Paul. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, there, yeah, there's definitely something way bigger going on here. There's some personal stuff in here. And we're going to get way deep into that in like the next four oh, yeah. Petscops. This podcast is going to become a fucking juggernaut <laughs> coming soon, because yeah, we're we are co- we've just covered through Petscop Seven. Well, guess what? There's eight through fifteen now, and I think our plan, my plan originally when I decided eight would not be a part of this, just because it's so perfect to just stop with 
the whole idea of the now we have these people putting this up and that's not Paul it's the proprietors and stuff with that censored message um I've considered just doing maybe next week we record a mini Pet Scott podcast that's just eight yeah I'm fine with that just doing eight on its own because there's and I know what I, I know what I would call it because it's the introduction of somebody officially understand yes yeah. <laughs> so and it's like a big introduction and that I mean, way we can just jump into nine yeah nine's because got nine's, a lot of meat nine's, to nine's, it. nine's yeah we're going deep with nine and so that way we can just be like all right here's eight welcome this guy in yeah. to this narrative now officially <laughs> and now we'll just move forward from here get used to him he's gonna play a big part yeah like a fucking huge part he's, he's at fucking least... creepy as shit yeah even his avatar, just yeah. I, I fucking love the way that I, I'm not gonna get. We'll get talk more about it in, in that podcast. Which is also why I told you just go ahead and script it out. Yeah, we got the one audio clip we're gonna use from it already. It's not gonna be a long script. I mean, not a lot happens, but it's just the introduction to this yeah. motherfucker. It'll be a couple minute script, probably at yeah. most, based on how things have been I, going. You know, it'll pretty much be you know as long as you know because we're now at fifty minutes. Into a lot longer than we thought yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we can do maybe like a little 25 minute thing with uh pet scop 8 and then because i'm looking right at the in the progress document where it has the breakdown of what happens in each video and the first thing i see is that word Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we get into all about that. that. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be a fucking the nightmare. D word. Yeah, the D <laughs> word. The D word for now. Oh yeah. Once the D word comes into play, it's always there. 